Thank you for tuning in to Voice Epilepsy Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Davidson. On Voice Epilepsy Podcast, we will discuss health and wellness, education, employment, lived experience, and all things epilepsy. Tonight we're going to talk about epilepsy, seizures, and seizure first aid. I've invited Sonia Ali, the Provincial Manager of Programs and Services at BC Epilepsy Society, to join us today and to provide this additional information. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you for having me. So, Sonia, we're going to go through some of uh, a lot of information in terms of epilepsy and seizures and um, also um, seizure first aid. I want to speak into how prevalent seizures are, that in fact there will be 1 in 12 people will experience a seizure in their lifetime, that there's 1 in 100 people will actually develop epilepsy in their lifetime. In British Columbia there's 40,000 people living with epilepsy and 65 million people living with epilepsy worldwide. Sonia, if you could just educate us around what uh, epilepsy is and also what seizures are. Alright, so epilepsy is a medical condition that causes recurring seizures and it may also be referred to as a seizure disorder. A seizure is a sudden, brief, and temporary disturbance of electrical activity in the brain. So the way that I like to word this um, for children and youth and for anyone that might not understand it is that a seizure is kind of like a thunderstorm that happens in the brain, meaning that it can be frightening, it happens suddenly, and then it subsides. There are over 40 different types of seizures that can alter consciousness, movement, sensation, and behavior, and seizure symptoms depend on where in the brain the abnormal electrical activity occurs and how much of the brain is affected. Sonia, can you also share with us the medical terms for seizures, please? Generalized seizures are broken down into opsonts, tonic-clonic, atonic, and myoclonic. All right, so there's four kinds of generalized seizures. Yes. So first, the opson seizure is categorized by a brief loss of awareness and an abrupt pause in activity. Someone experiencing an opson seizure will have a blank stare and there may also be some eyelid fluttering. This seizure type has a very quick recovery, meaning that the person will regain consciousness or awareness almost immediately following the seizure, and they usually have no recollection of the seizure occurring when they come out of it. Opson seizures can often occur frequently if they're not controlled by medications. Someone can experience up to 100 opson seizures per day. This seizure type can often go underdiagnosed because it can sometimes look like someone is simply daydreaming. So a question that we get asked a lot is how to tell if an opson seizure is happening. So the best way to go about this is to say the person's name, touch them on the shoulder, or do another thing that usually gets their attention. And if they don't respond in any way to this and they don't remember what you did or said to them when they come out of the episode, they might be experiencing opson seizures and you can go and see your family physician um, to get a workup done. The next kind of generalized seizure is the tonic-clonic seizure, and this is the seizure type that usually is what comes to people's minds when they think about epilepsy. So this seizure type is categorized by a loss of consciousness, the stiffening of the body, and convulsions, which is the rhythmic jerking of the body. Shallow breathing or drooling may occur, and the person may also lose control of their bladder or their bowels. This seizure type generally lasts around 30 seconds to 3 minutes in length. Following the seizure, the person may complain of exhaustion, confusion, or a headache, and they may need to go and lay down and rest in a quiet area for a while. All right, and what's the third kind? Uh, the third type of seizure is the atonic seizure, and this seizure type is categorized by a sudden loss of muscle tone. So the person's head can drop, 
they can also fall, so it can look like someone has simply fainted. This seizure type generally lasts less than 15 seconds and has a quick recovery. And I suspect that because people are just dropping like that, that, that there are some injuries that would be sustained? Yes, so a lot of times um, people with atonic seizures might wear a, an epilepsy helmet so that they're not going to injure their head if they uh, continue to fall. And the final uh, type of seizure within the generalized um, category. So the final seizure type in the generalized category is the myoclonic seizure. And in this seizure, the child stays conscious and they have a brief jerking of a muscle or a group of muscles. And this usually involves the upper body. So it involves their neck, shoulders, and arms. And someone experiencing a myoclonic seizure may drop objects that they're holding and they might also lose their balance. And myoclonic seizures are commonly experienced in the morning or upon waking up because of the correlation between sleep and epilepsy. So it's important to see um, how the person is doing um, in the morning or upon waking up. And myoclonic seizures are usually present in people who have other seizure types or particular epileptic syndrome. Let's talk about the focal seizures. There's two types. Yes, so the first type is the focal aware seizure. So in this seizure type, there's no loss of consciousness, but the person does experience distorted senses. So this seizure episode usually lasts less than one minute in length, and they're usually affected by sensory symptoms, psychic symptoms, and rhythmic movements. So sensory symptoms can include feeling tingling, weakness, sounds, smells, tastes, feelings of an upset stomach, or visual distortions. Examples of psychic symptoms can include deja vu, hallucinations, feelings of fear or anxiety, or a feeling that they just can't explain. An example of, of rhythmic movements can include isolated twitching of the arms, face, and legs. And other typical symptoms of focal aware seizures may include hearing or ringing in the ears, smelling odd smells, tasting a metallic taste, having nausea, sweating, dilation of pupils, emotional changes such as extreme fear, joy, or anxiety, visual hallucinations, or distortions of the way the individual views his or her environment. Focal impaired awareness seizure, the person has impaired consciousness and does purposeless repetitive actions. So they have no control over their movement, speech, or actions, and they're often in a trance-like state and have a gradual recovery when they come out of the seizure. Common characteristics include wandering, incoherent speech, flailing, chewing, picking at their clothes, or smacking their lips. An aura is a warning before a seizure, so it's something that someone experiences before a seizure occurs. Examples of auras can include an anxious or nervous feeling, a rising feeling in the stomach, the smell of burnt rubber, or hearing a ringing in the ears. Now, if those symptoms sound familiar, that's because those are the symptoms of a focal aware seizure. So an aura is technically a small seizure before the bigger one. Although it won't always necessarily lead to another seizure, it is still important to be cautious. Not everyone who has seizures experiences an aura, and for these people, their seizures are more unpredictable because they never know when a seizure is going to occur. However, if someone that you know experiences an aura, it's important to keep note of what aura that is so that should it happen, you know what to do to help them if a seizure occurs. Thank you, Sonia. So with my epilepsy, I did have auras and I would just get a sensation, almost like a heat that would run through my body. And I knew I had about three to four seconds um, to remove myself from whatever situation I was in, public situation, to find a private place to seize. Not everyone has the aura effect to remove themselves from public situations. So there's a real sense of vulnerability around having seizures in public. 
And that's why it's really important for the public to know what to do in the event that they do see somebody having a seizure. Sonia, can you tell us a little bit about seizure first aid? So the most important thing to remember is to stay calm. And I know that saying stay calm is often easier said than done, but it can really help in managing the situation. When you first experience someone having a seizure, it can be a scary event for yourself, for the person having the seizure, and for any bystanders. The more informed and prepared that you are to respond in a confident and calm manner, the smoother the situation situation will be for everyone. Next, you want to time the seizure from start to finish, because when you do experience someone having a seizure, it can feel like it lasts forever. Next, you want to protect the person from injury. You can do things like cushioning their head with a blanket or a hoodie, moving sharp or hard objects away from them, gently guiding them away from hazards, and loosening any tight clothing around their neck, such as a collar, the top button of a shirt or a blouse, or a scarf. Next, you want to turn the person onto their side and put them into the recovery position. It's important to do this because someone may bite their cheek and if they're on their side, it allows any blood to fall out of their mouth. It also clears their airway to prevent choking and allows any other fluids to fall out of their mouth such as drool or vomit. You want to stay with the person and be reassuring and comforting to them until their consciousness is fully regained. Now we can go over some important safety aspects. First, do not put your hands or any other object into a person's mouth during a seizure because this can block their airway, choke them, break their teeth, injure their jaw, or cause injury to you. It's only a myth that someone can swallow their tongue during a seizure and this occurring is actually physically impossible. But you also don't want to attempt to hold down or restrain a person having a convulsive seizure because you can bruise and strain their muscles. Instead, you should let the seizure run its course and occur naturally without trying to force it to stop because it will stop on its own. Do not attempt to give someone food or drink during a seizure because of choking hazards, even with seizure types that seem like their consciousness is not impaired. Do not place someone having a seizure on their back because this can block their airway and cause them to choke or stop breathing. Instead, you want to put them into the recovery position on either side. And finally, never leave a person having a seizure by themselves. You should always stay with the person and call for help or send a bystander to go and get help. What are the best practices in terms of, you know, when is it appropriate to call an ambulance? So, um, we want to keep in mind that most seizure types don't require the call of an ambulance, but it's important to note that an ambulance must be called following a seizure for the following scenarios. If the seizure lasts more than five minutes in length, if the person has no known history of seizures and this is their first seizure, if a second seizure occurs without a full recovery from the first, if their confusion persists for more than 30 minutes following the seizure, or if the individual is injured, has diabetes, or is pregnant. And something that you might want to keep an eye out for is a medical alert bracelet because that will often say that someone has epilepsy and you would know that that's not their first time seizure. So for any further information on this topic or for any other topics, you can visit www.bcepilepsy.com. We have over 75 information sheets that are multilingual and um, on a variety of epilepsy related topics, including what we went over today, seizure first aid and um, different types of seizures. Thanks for coming in and interviewing with us on Voice Epilepsy Podcast tonight, Sonia. It's been a great pleasure.
Thanks for tuning in to the Voice Epilepsy podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our BCES and I'm a Voice for Epilepsy awareness social media platforms. In closing, remember, you matter and you are not alone. Make Thursdays our Epilepsy Date Night with Epilepsy Voice Podcasts.